You are listening to the Next Best Picture podcast, and this is my interview with the writer, director, and star of the film Vengeance, B.J. Novak. I have a story. Okay. I'm in West Texas, where this family just lost their daughter to an opiate overdose. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's not someone I was close to. But you flew to Texas for it? Uh, yes. Uh, it was a girl I hooked up with a few times. Her family thought that we were more serious than I did. I've heard so much about you. I've, I've heard... Yeah. Evelyn just didn't die. She was murdered. What? And the two of us are going to avenge her death. So as, like, a personal boundary, I don't avenge deaths. But here's what I can do. I'm going to record everything that you think happened to Abilene. And we'll put it on a podcast, and we'll see where it leads. What evidence does he have that it was a murder? Nothing. And that's the story. What's this podcast about? A new American reality where people invent these conspiracies. You got deep state, pill pushers, cartels, the law. Because the truth is too hard to accept. My Prius exploded. Oh my God. What if you're driving a real car with gas and stuff? The problem isn't that these people aren't smart. The problem is that they are. How do you take your coffee? In the mouth. If you want people to open up to you, you gotta act like one of us. Who here is a diehard fan of the University of Texas? And who here is a fan of Texas Tech? What if she was murdered? This just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Looks like two pairs of prints, cowboy boots. Calling out an APB to find two men wearing cowboy boots. <laughs> what happened to her? Why do you care so much? Why do you care so little? You're so lucky in you, Emily. I really don't know what you saw in me. Art sees art. Texas has a full murder. You can't solve something like this with a 45. It's the breakdown of society is what it is. Yes, ma'am. I think that's very wise. You're going to need a 12-gauge, a couple of ARs, no. Western yep. Automatic, and no. a sidearm yep. for no. safety. Exactly. Where are you right now? Uh, I'm in an Uber. BJ, thank yes, you. sir. So, so much for taking the time to chat with me. Definitely. I know in, uh, I know in your film, you say not every white guy in New York needs a podcast, <laughs> but... I am that guy, unfortunately. Yep. For you hey, look, I played that guy. I get it. I like podcasts. <laughs> so I do too. Uh, most people will obviously recognize you from The Office, where you wrote, directed, starred in the show, got nominated for Emmys, SAG Awards, won a WGA award. Uh, what was that transition like jumping from television into film here with your future debut for Vengeance? Uh, some of the skills transferred perfectly. Uh, like, um, you know, The Office was the best education I think anybody could have because it, you know, it had to pass itself off as a documentary and also as a comedy show. So, you know, you had to really learn. And I really, um, uh, year after year, I kind of like studied under the, you know, Greg Daniels, who ran the show and Steve Carell, who really set the tone for the cast and um, made some mistakes and kind of learned, okay, it's really about um, you really need to focus on the character and the honesty mm -hmm. and then trust that the comedy will come out naturally. So that to me is, is the biggest lesson that I think can't be taught other than by experience. Uh, so that transferred perfectly, you know, this movie it's, it's called vengeance and it's kind of a Western thriller and it's kind of a comedy. And, um, 
And all of that, I think, if I hadn't done The Office, I would have thought, how will I ever combine these tones? But I was like, oh, no, you just just play it honestly, and it'll feel natural. So that that was easy coming from all that, you know, eight years of training on The Office. What was hard was creating an epic world. Dunder Mifflin is, you know, pretty contained. It's, you know, <laughs> one bleak, you know, bland a room basically in a Scranton, Pennsylvania office building. And so to create these vast Texan landscapes and homes and uh, music studios, and then to create, you know, New York city and Soho house and this complete other world that, that the movie takes place in that, that was sort of the, the stretch your wings part for me. That was really fun. I'm sure. Totally. History is complicated. The story of human progress is long, messy, and riddled with controversies big and small. On Conflicted, we dive headfirst into history's most infamous events and contentious figures. We try and untangle the good from the bad, the fact from the fiction, and the monsters from the misunderstood. Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the allied powers go too far? in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast, is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon. Tell me this. When you're directing yourself, Mm -hmm. do you check the monitor? Does someone tell you off camera? No, 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 BJ, you got it on that one. Or do you just like instinctually know? All of these things, all three. So um, I will generally, I would generally uh, watch the monitor, watch playback after a rehearsal or my first take, Mm -hmm. just to be sure I like the general look and composition and the level I'm at more or less. I don't want to watch 10 takes and then be like, oh, I hate the angle or I'm playing it way too broad, you know? So I watch the first one back. And then after that, I'm kind of feeling whether or not I'm in, whether it feels right to me from within the scene. And then I would call out to the monitor. So Nikki Kraft, my producing partner, and Lee Kilton Smith, the executive producer who is an acting teacher by trade, um, I would call out to them. And Nikki would tell me if the story was conveyed properly to him and Lee, whether the acting was conveyed properly to her. And I would call out, Lee, Nikki, we good? If I felt I had it. And then one would run out if I didn't, or they would give a thumbs up. I wish I had more time to talk to you about how brilliant this screenplay is because- Take all the time you need. Well, Uh, thank you. there's so much that you, there's so many ideas in it. Like you open up the movie talking about possibilities and how East Coasters especially, and I guess, yeah, two people on the West Coast, like just different segments of the country feel that they have endless possibilities. And there are so many other people who- don't have those options. And so you're talking about that. You're talking about how people are not perceived to be dumb, but they have misplaced energy and they put it onto the wrong things. 
America being divided by time. Like, where, where did all this come from? Thank you for picking up on that. I feel like that one goes by quick and it's my favorite idea in there. Yeah. Um, it's what the character is a victim of too, you know, uh, loving his girlfriend, quote unquote, from Instagram later. I mean, we've all done that, right? Yeah. And, um, the ideas, there are things that were just on my mind forever. Um, and some of them I, I believe, and some of them I just wonder if they're true. And I think that's what's great about fiction is that you can find characters who feel and embody these different things. Um, and you can really, you know, put them in the room together and explore, you know, the fight the family has outside Whataburger is, um, you know, my character tells them off. You know, I remember I played it at Tribeca, which, you know, is a very New York audience. I was there. Oh, great. I could hear people holding their breath. And thinking, oh, you're not supposed to say these things to them, you know? <laughs> and I, I felt safe saying it because I think at that point in the movie, this is a family. Mm-hmm. Um, and families do blow up at each other. And it's kind of bad if they don't. Yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing, too, I just also wanted to uh, mention here is you mentioned Whataburger. And I had never heard of Whataburger before seeing this movie. So on the scale of other burger fast food restaurants mcdonald's burger king and wendy's where does it rank for you um well that's a great question because i i I have different aspects to the answer um i think the burger for me ranks second to burger king because i like a smaller more compact flavorful burger i think the whopper jr at burger king is my actual order Mm-hmm. And um, it's just, it's crisp. It's a better balance of ingredients. Whereas the Whataburger burger, I, I think you weren't asking for such a long answer. <laughs> burger patty, it's too diffuse. Um, that said, everything else on the menu, I prefer at Whataburger. They have an incredible menu that goes way beyond the burger. Whereas yeah. In-N-Out, look, I love the burger, but they have three things on the menu. And one of them isn't very good. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I think Whataburger is a great restaurant, but I don't rank it first as a burger. Okay, fair enough. Greetings from Evergreen Podcasts. We're rolling out a listener survey, and we want to hear from you. The information in the survey will help us gather statistics and in turn make our shows more appealing to advertisers. I know most people don't like ads, but this is one of the only ways our shows make money and help keep their lights on. We promise it will only take a few minutes, but the impact on our podcasts will be tremendous. As a token of our appreciation, we'll randomly select one lucky participant each month to win an exclusive merchandise package from Evergreen Podcasts. Head to evergreenpodcast.com slash listener survey to help a show and possibly get some free stuff for doing so. We can't thank you enough for the support. Now back to the show. There was a line that said about your character in a movie where he says, uh, you look like a guy in a Liam Neeson movie. I believe you and Liam Neeson... Uh, starred on Conan together uh, back in 2008. And I'm curious to know if you ever got a chance to meet him, seeing as how I think there is some inspiration taken from some of his action movies and vengeance. Sure. Well, first, we should clarify for your um, audience that uh, the the Liam Neeson movie that is being referred to is Schindler's List. So, yes, that um, is true. Yeah. Before they they think I'm uh, making any more comparison than that, that is how the in the context of the movie, that's the Liam Neeson movie the guy's talking about, it turns out. Uh, I don't remember that Conan episode. I don't remember the Liam Neeson part. I must have been so focused on my own segment mm-hmm. that I didn't run into him. But yes, I mean, my, 
taken is obliquely referenced when my character needs to improvise uh, that there are some things he's good at, uh, whereas Liam Neeson's are very macho. My character includes things such as uh, uh, finding thematic connections between disparate elements yeah. uh, and using them to illustrate a larger point or theory. So it's certainly, it's his own version of a Liam Neeson uh, vibe. That's fair. Does Ben ultimately know what he's going to do when he heads to the after party at the end of the film? Absolutely not. I think um, he thinks uh, he knows he's going to do something. Mm -hmm. And then he thinks, and I think the audience thinks he got it. And then something else happens and he, uh, he finds, finds something else inside of him that he maybe shouldn't have found, but he does find it. I hear you on that. So you also make the statement in the movie that everyone has to have a take. Everyone in having a take has a voice. And if you have a voice, you matter. I'm curious to know if you subscribe to that belief. If not, how else can people matter? Well, that in the movie, that's a critique of our times. It's not an Mm -hmm. encouragement to have, uh, hey, you have a take on everything. That way you matter. It's more that um, you need to force a take on everything to matter. Mm-hmm. Um, which I, I don't believe, but I do think that that is the um, the peer pressure of the culture right now, where we think of ourselves, you know, we spend in many cases more waking time online than in real life. And we definitely talk and listen to people more online than in real life. I mean, every time you go online, you're, you're reading things or hearing things or watching mm-hmm. things, and then occasionally talking back to thousands or um, of people at a time. Uh, and so we think of that as our real life. And in order to get attention, uh, we say things and we think attention is connection. You know, here's my whole other theory, <laughs> you know. Um, but I think that in real life, you don't always have to have a take. Sometimes just listen. I agree. And that's really the journey. Uh, that's the key to the plot, too. Yeah. Well, BJ, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me oh, about this film today. Uh, can you tell us what you have coming up next? I'm writing the next uh, movie right now. And it's uh, it's really ambitious. And I would not have had the balls to try it if I hadn't uh, been able to make this movie. So I'm very grateful to Blumhouse and Focus for, uh, for letting me do that. That's awesome. I can't wait to see it, especially based on uh, what people are going to see with this here. So congratulations and uh, hope you uh, have a nice rest of your day. Thank you so much. Take care. You too. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to my interview with the writer, director, and star of the new film Vengeance, BJ Novak, here on the Next Best Picture podcast. Vengeance will be released in theaters by Focus Features on July 29th. You have been listening to the Next Best Picture podcast. We are proud to be part of the Evergreen Podcast Network, and you can subscribe to us anywhere where you subscribe to podcasts. Be sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what you think of the show. We really appreciate your feedback and your support, which you can also lend on over at Patreon. For $1 minimum a month, you'll get some exclusive podcast content from us. Thank you so much for listening, as always, and we shall see you all next time.
This is Krista Makes, guitarist and vocalist for Less Than Jake, and host of Krista Makes a Podcast, a songwriting podcast where every week I'm joined by an amazing guest to break down the writing, recording, and release of one iconic song from their career. In our giant evergreen back catalog of episodes, we've had rock legends such as Dee Snyder and Huey Lewis, punk rock favorites like Mark Hoppus, Fat Mike, and Brett Gurowitz, and up-and-coming artists of today such as Liz Stokes of the Beths and Genesis Owusu. We've had guests from all genres and styles of music, and I guarantee that if you peruse our back catalog, you'll see several episodes that'll make you say, man, I gotta hear that. Whether you're a fan of music or a creator of music yourself, you'll take away a whole new appreciation for the songs you know and love. Chris Makes a Podcast is available for free on all the places you could possibly listen to podcasts, and new episodes come out every Monday.